Hello all and welcome to the show. If you like stories of psychic queens, city-melting sci-fi, heroes on journeys wrecked with danger, then please consider listening and subscribing. There's a new episode out every other Wednesday. Today's story is set in the far distant past, a setting of myth and mist. A teenage Telamon has been raised in seclusion, shepherding on a Grecian hillside. He doesn't know his father and his mother, Ioli, won't tell him. One day he begs and begs her, and she tells him that his father is none other than Hercules. Telamon wants to be legendary like his dad, but he wants to meet him more. His mother tells him he must go to the Oracle at Delphi. She will instruct him what to do. And so, he journeys there. The Oracle tells him that he must travel to Hyperborea, far in the north, where men worship gods of thunder and ravens. It is there he will find answers. Quick note on the story, I have chosen to use the Romanized version of the name, Hercules, instead of the Greek Heracles, chiefly because it's the one I think most people are familiar with, thanks Disney. And I also want to point out that there are a few moments of monster hunting terror and violence in this episode, so it might not be suitable for small children. And with that out of the way, let's get to the story. Vidar seemed particularly interested in the labors of Hercules. Telamon went into the accounts, his voice almost shaking with prideful excitement. And then, when the mighty lion, with his impenetrable golden fur, jumped down, it roared, showing bloodstained teeth as long as a child's arm. Hercules felt his promise to Hera weigh heaviest then. But he wrestled with the creature, and he slew it. He took its claws to cut its coat, for nothing else would do. He wore it from then on, impervious to stabs in the back. All the warriors nodded in brood anticipation. Telamon told them more and more. And then, then, after the boar hunt and the cleaning of the Augean stables, he set off for the man-eating Stymphalian birds. My father crashed his cymbals, and the birds took flight from their trees. He then shot them with his hydra venom-tipped arrows. He is truly Odin-wise, Vidar said. Odin! And then he walked to the Garden of the Hesperides, far to the west, to get the golden apples of immortality. The apples of Ithuin, one of the other tipsy warriors said with joy. Yes, yes, the apples, Telamon continued. He held the world up while the massive titan Atlas picked them. I remember when I was a lad, a man with no ice in his beard came to these lands, Vidar said. Could be he was the man you speak of. Telamon was almost faint with excitement. Did you see him? No, but my older sister said she did. She worked in the King's Mead Hall then. She did? Could I talk to her? All the men bowed their heads while Vidar's face grew shadows from the past. Nay, she is long dead. But the king still lives. Strong like an oak is King Hrothvar, far-seeing like Odin. Odin! Is... is he gonna just keep yelling that? Telamon asked. Yeah, it's kind of his thing. Torben, with the glint in his eyes, responded. The king will know who this man was, Vidar said in a low voice across the fire. Telamon shifted on his stump. Great nervous waves swirled inside him. 
white-capped waters of dread far removed from Ionian seas. Can you take me to him? Can you take me to this king, Hrothvar? Again, all the warriors turned their heads to Vidar. The air became tense. Aye, we can take you to King Hrothvar, he said at last. But we must warn you, he has not been himself for a long time. The next morning they traveled farther north. The frosted ground crunched under their boots. Telamon tried his hardest not to shiver, but the men could clearly see he was cold. Here, take this pelt, Vidar said, handing him a wolf cloak. Thank you. Telamon was overjoyed to have a barrier against the autumn chill, even if it smelled. Vidar, how old is this king? he asked. Hmm, his beard has gone all gray now, so pretty old. He killed his elder brother when he was eleven, and became our king ever since. His own brother? Telamon could not believe killing a family member. It was the most dreadful thing in existence. It would certainly set the Furies against you forevermore. But then a darkened thought passed over him like a heavy cloud. His own father had killed his first wife and children. Oh, his brother was an evil king, enjoyed torture, and other wicked things beyond the scope of justice. I see. King Hrothvar is a complicated man. He tries to do right by the gods, but the kingdom has fallen on hard times ever since they came. They? Vidar leaned a little closer as they wended around the black alder trees, passed around their tall shadows. The monsters. Soon they crested the top edge of a ravine and looked down on a hidden valley below. The trees were cleared in a perfect circumference of the vale. No white birches or dark green spruce, just fields golden with harvest. In the center was a great raised mound of earth. Telamon did not know if it was man-made or if Gaia had shaped it, but he saw perched on its height a large complex complete with a glittering palace and strange long houses that ran like terraced gashes down the great hill. Should we really be going back, Vidar? One of his men called out from behind. The scalds sing of a long winter. Many will be raven food ere its end. Vidar said as Telamon saw amidst the fields, large pillars of stone jutting out of the ground. They formed a shape like two palms cupped together, hoping for food or water. I already feel the northern kiss, Torben replied. We should take our chances. Freya wouldn't lie to us. Telamon was engrossed by the sights of the valley and wasn't paying attention. What are those stones there? Ah, the stone ships. They ferry our noble dead across the whale roads, sail along the bifrost of Folkvanger, or Valhalla. Folkvanger? Telamon asked with a curiosity that impressed his Hyperborean comrades. Freya's meadow, where the silver grasses grow long from nourishment of blood, the slaughter dew of our fallen brothers and sisters. Telamon swallowed. That did not sound like any place he knew in the underworld. Come, son of Hercules, we will see the king, he said as he turned to his men. We will be welcomed back when he sees what we have brought him. They climbed the hill until they reached a gate. Two men with long, blonde hair flanked its posts. Telamon could see their fierce eyes from under their helms. They did not wear the horsehair helmets of the Argives, the light armor of the Danaeans. They wore garments that looked heavy. 
they carried axes that looked heavier. Turn back now, Vidar, one of them growled. You are not welcome here anymore. We will surely go, but do tell the king I have brought someone who can put an end to his problems before we leave. The watchman looked at the other before yelling back, Who is this stranger? He is Telamon, son of Hercules. What is that in his hand? Telamon all at once became aware of the weight of the oryx bone club in his hand, the remarkable smoothness on his calloused palm. It is his wound giver, his shield breaker, his wolf slayer. Very well. It's your head, you forfeit. The wooden gate creaked open, and Telamon and the band of warriors trod through. Telamon spoke out as they followed the road up the hill. I don't know what problems I can help you with, Vidar. I just came to ask about my father. Vidar's blue eyes pierced better than any cold wind, and the calm disposition that he wore seemed a little frayed on the edges, a burrowing nervousness that he tried to hide. Don't worry, don't worry. The king will give you solace. They soon reached the top and stood on the threshold of a great hall. Telamon could see why it had glittered from afar. The large timbers that had been used to build the palace were painted all red and gold. Carved and whittled creatures screamed out at him. The snarling faces of snakes, dragons, and winged women. They seemed to come out of the facade like someone had flipped over the world so that Tartarus had been the sky and hell had rained down on the earth. There were spear shafts as rafters, and old shields stripped from the fallen as gaps in the timbers. Telamon felt an ultimate sense of foreboding, a secret whisper of fear that stole in more powerfully than any oracle's breath. He thought of his mother, of his native Corinthian hills. He hoped he would see them again, and not just in dreams. Before the day was through, he hoped he'd still be able to dream. They walked inside and Telamon shuddered in the wafting smoke. It rolled thick from the center, where a large coal fire burned in a pit gray-white with ash. Through the curling vapors he could see a dark throne, a chair hewn from the bodies of mighty oaks. And on the throne sat an old man with a gray, grizzled beard and a crown of shattered elk antlers on his head. Even from thirty paces away, Telamon could see the fury in his eyes, the weight of decisions, the exhaustion of responsibility. The king's eyes gleamed in the longhouse smoke. They gleamed to the color of frost, of madness. Why are you here? He grumbled before they got any closer. Vidar kneeled, his men followed suit, and so did Telamon. My king, he said. I thought I told you, Vidar, that you were banished from the kingdom on pain of Blood Eagle. I have brought a warrior, son to the hunter. He rose from his knees and ventured closer to the old king. Telmon felt the danger burn his eyes. Or was it the smoke? The king's lips quivered and his face trembled with rage. You come back here after what you stole from me? My king, I... You don't deserve the blood eagle. No. You will be chained to a rock, and snake venom will be dripped slowly into a wound I make on you. My king, please. Enough! The king's whole body shook in bitter paroxysms. Telamon rose from his knees and came to Vidar's side. He did not know of these punishments, but he couldn't let his warrior friend greet them without a word said in his defense. Who is this? 
Vidar's breath was tremulous in a way Telamon had never sensed before. He spoke in a shaky whisper. A man from the south. A man with no ice in his beard. Freya found him, my king. He is the son of a great warrior, a savior to our realm. He, he can slay the monster. Where is my son? Where is my son? Where is my son? My king? Vidar looked like a wounded animal in the ancient glare of the throne sitter. Telamon wondered if this lord was senile. Bring me back the son you stole from me. Bring me back my heir. I wish I could. I'd tear out my own heart and offer it up to the ravens if it meant I could. But the monster took him. There was nothing I could do. Yes, nothing you could do. The king looked mad, red mad, like he would tear out a branch of his throne and use it to club Vidar to death. My lord, Telamon interrupted, I know not of your monster, but my father came here long ago to hunt the golden hind of Artemis. He captured it and brought it back to Greece. I am his son. The king slowly tore his fuming look away from Vidar and brought it down on Telamon. He studied him like an eagle studies far-off prey. The silence deepened. No one spoke. Not the king. Not Vidar. Not the warriors hanging back in the shadows. Finally, Telamon could bear it no longer. Our great oracle has told me to come here. She whispered that you would have answers. That you have seen my long-gone father. I beg of you, please, tell me what you know. Tell me and I will help slay your monster. The hall sounded with the wheezing laughter of the old king. Vidar stumbled back as if struck. Telamon kept his stance. The mighty bastard had another son, did he? King Hrothvar leaned over on his oaken throne to peer more closely at the Corinthian. You, you know of his first family? Aye, he told me how he went mad, how the witch goddess made him see monsters. He killed them like snakes in the crib. Telamon swallowed. His father had been here, and he held no secrets from the Hyperboreans. He was too strong for secrets anyway. Did he... did he tell you anything else? Aye, son, he did. Please, what did he say? That he'd never get married again. The king belted out in more thunderous laughter. He shook so hard in mirth that the antlered crown went crooked on his head. But he did, he did. Telamon was almost shaking himself. And how did that turn out for him then? Uh, he died. King Hrothvar's face of mirth dropped into an introspective and quiet line of crags and glaciers. Telamon continued. He died and became a god. Now he is warden to Olympus. Zeus's son returned. Son returned. Returned from mud, blood, and splintered bones to Valhalla. My king, Vidar broke in. We can hunt down this great beast. We can avenge your son. This scion of Hercules will slay it like his father did the Nemean lion. Yes, yes, the golden lion, his first labor to the witch goddess Hera. Very well. He waved his hand and out came a host of men armed to the teeth. They had hidden like magic in the shadows. Men, see Vidar and his warband to the smithy. Give them axes that bite deep. Give them spears that love blood. Give them shields that blunt hammers. Vidar nodded and turned to go, but Telamon couldn't move. He needed one more question answered. My mother, she... Kill the monster, boy, and we'll have a proper talk. What is this monster, then? Telamon knew there was no point traveling down this trail. A shapeshifter. A king of wolves. 
He leads the packs through my villages, stealing our women and blooding our hunters. Huldras follow in his wake. Huldras? Beautiful maidens of the forest, with backs of bark and tails of foxes. They revive or kill wounded men based on what's in their hearts. All these creatures and beings sounded strange, but Telamon was committed. He'd rush headlong into danger, shoulder the weight of the world like his dad did. Very well. With this club, I will slay your king of wolves. The king leaned back on his throne and righted his crooked crown. I believe it, son of Hercules. Telamon, Vidar, and the hunting party set out next morning for the monster. They left the secret valley and went north. The farther they got from civilization, the quieter they all became. Telamon's thoughts ventured to his mother. He felt so far away from her now, so far away from everything he had ever known, but a buzzing pervaded his body, racked him with a compelling ecstasy. In these woods, on the edge of a deadly hunt, his spirit was on fire, and his nerves were smoldering. Ravens called from the trees. Odin smiles on us this time, brothers, Vidar said. Odin, the other warrior replied, this time rather quietly. Vidar, what happened last time? Telamon asked as they walked. Vidar fingered the heft of his axe, tracing it in thought. We came upon the lair of the beast, saw its fur matted in blood. We threw our spears, but they bounced right off. Eric, the king's son, came with his own ash spear, his family sword given to him by the god Tyr. He lunged with a mighty thrust, but the beast breathed flame and bit down on him. He dragged him into the cave while we rushed in. The wicked light bore down on us, and we were staff-struck. No more were we drengers, but frozen in fear as a hundred pairs of eyes came out of the dark cave. What were they? Great wolves that chased us far away, chased us from Eric and our honor. Telamon gripped his club tighter, his gift from Artemis. Don't fear, Vidar. We will succeed. Soon the trees thickened, their trunks black like they hated light. The air became dense, and a sickly sweet smell hung around. The scent of rotting wood or berries or something else Telamon could not place. The spear tips of sunlight were disappearing in the tangle of branches. Night was coming early. Are we close? Telamon whispered. We are, he said as he crouched low. Telamon copied him, for in the gaps of the trees he saw a figure walking in the hallowed twilight. He squinted to see more clearly. The naked skin of a woman, tall and fair, shone out against the dimness. Huldra! Torben hissed under his breath. Get down, men. Don't let her see us. But it was too late, for Telamon could see the Haldra turn around, her burning golden eyes focused directly on him. She let out a long, guardian scream and turned her back on them. All at once, a concert of howling wolves sounded. Telamon watched as the Haldra stalked back into the thick woods. He could see her bark-skinned back, the protruding red mushrooms growing out of her spine and legs. A keen fear of death stole in, a pungent fear of mortality. They were meddling with forces beyond their ken. This could only ever go one way. Telamon whispered a prayer to Zeus, to mighty Athena, 
to the moon goddess. The howling got closer and closer, and the men's breaths got foggier. Vidar pulled his axe from his belt and motioned to a pair of ravens sitting on a branch not far above them. Telamon nodded and stood, his oryx bone ready for gnashing teeth. They came in a fierce winter wind from all around. Great gray wolves, black ones, white ones, they all bore down on them. The men yelled to their strange gods and Telamon swung his club this way and that. Nothing could be seen over the din of battle. Nothing could be heard over the snarls and screams. Telamon felt a searing pain in his leg and saw a wolf with its jaws clamped down on him. He swung to smote it with Artemis's gift, but just then another wolf leaped down on his head. He fell to the earth in a tangled mess of fur and fear. Everything was going black. He was beginning his journey to the underworld. But then, out of the blackness, he heard a grunt and saw with sheer amazement Vidar standing over him with a wild look in his blue eyes. He showed his teeth in a big smile, his red beard even redder now. Come, son of Hercules, we're not dead yet. As soon as he said that, a long, dreadful howl went out. It was terrifying, the very sound of Tartarus itself crooning to some dark call of creatures. The wolves backed off. Telamon and Vidar and what was left of the men gathered themselves and made their way deeper into the woods. The prior smell was getting stronger as they went. Soon the darkness closed in from all sides, and they could only see in front of them. A glowing light appeared, like the kind one sees in bogs and swamps, an invisible torch carried by low spirits. They stumbled in the dark, smooth rocks shifted under Telamon's Macedonian sandals. He looked down and figured they were going up the path of a dried-up riverbed, a dead trail of the gods, forgotten in time. Then the light flickered and stopped. The mouth of the cave illuminated in its ethereal glow. Golden-eyed Haldras stood around the top of the cave, spaced out equally as if in preparation for a ritual. One of the men yelled as two great yellow eyes emerged from the dark mouth of the cavern. Telamon shook an unbelievable fear. They looked like the yellow eyes of the oracles, coming closer to him in that terrible crevice at Delphi. But they couldn't be hers. She was so far away hidden under the bowels of Mount Parnassus. No, it couldn't be. And it wasn't. For what emerged from the cave was more frightening than anything Telamon had ever seen or could think to see. A giant white wolf with its face red with blood, smoke pouring from its nostrils, snakes coiling and writhing in its fur. Throw your spears now, men. Distract it so Freya's chosen can bash it in. Vidar yelled, and all at once a rain of spears smote against the snarling wolf. The snakes hissed as the iron tips threaded by their scales. The spears glanced off and fell lifelessly to the leaf litter. The giant wolf jumped out at them as Torben screamed, Jotun, we are doomed! Telamon could feel bravery urging him on. In fact, he was drunk on it. Don't fear, men. We shall prevail. The white wolf showed its yellow teeth. It breathed fire to the last. The surrounding area was awash in flames and yells. It moved so fast, it burned a circle. It melted the men's shields. Vidar rose up a battle cry. Through the eyes, men, through the eyes, throw your weapon. But his words were cut short, for the wolf lunged at him and bit through his mail. It grabbed him by the middle and crunched down. He yelled, and Telamon channeled the mighty Hercules and swung his club as hard as he could on the head of the beast. The wolf whined and dropped Vidar. 
It turned tail and ran back into the cave. The Haldras all screamed and moaned. Telamon looked down at the broken warrior at his feet. I'll see you in Valhalla, brother. Vidar said as his blue eyes closed. He died then and there. No! Telamon cursed and ran into the darkness of the cave. He ran into the stuffy black. He ran until every muscle burned. He wasn't aware of anything in that moment, only the club in his hand and the desire to end this monster king's reign. But out of the emptiness of his thoughts, laughter rang out. Great, wheezing laughter like the old king's. It came from somewhere behind him. He wheeled around to see the white fur of the wolf and its yellow eyes following. Its open mouth brought with it a light of flame. Telamon squared his shoulders and made ready his swing. But the creature, the great wolf, just laughed. A human voice came from its jaws. Cease your overburdened anger, young man. It'll get you killed someday. Telamon could not believe it. He could not imagine this beast could speak. His own voice came out shaking. You, you killed Vidar, you monster! Everyone always calls me a monster. Everyone is always so unkind. But you, son of the Mighty One, son of Hercules, you are different. You know me? Oh, I do, I do. I know your whole story. How your mother tried to lure your father away from his lawful marriage. How his true wife gave him a cloak soaked in the blood of a centaur. A love spell woven in to keep him faithful. How the poison cloak burned and ravaged your father. He died screaming, you know. And it was all your mother's fault. The wolf laughed as more howling could be heard outside. That's not true, Telamon said as his voice broke. But it was true. He knew it. Knew it deep down. I can have the Haldra revive, sad Vidar. I can help you speak to your father. You can see him, the wolf said. How? I've got lots of enemies. Lots of terrible foes that I really need help getting rid of. Telamon wanted to see Vidar's blue eyes open once again, and he wanted so desperately to see his father, feel the power of his voice. I will help you for that price. Your enemies will be my enemies, but first you must tell me your name, he said shakily. The wolf seemed to grin so wide, Telamon thought he would swallow him. My name is Loki. I just want to say thank you to anyone listening. I hope you enjoyed it. This is a brand new podcast, and I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review or tell your friends about it. The show was produced and written by me, James Anthony. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and have a legendary day. <laughs>